I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that at each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired, no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. Hey friends, sit back and get ready for an hour of hope, inspiration, and a ton of great wisdom coming from my guest today, Susan DiLorenzo. This is Susan's second time on my podcast because I love chatting with her, and she's been a listener favorite. And in a minute, you're going to know why. Susan is a transformational life coach whose focus is helping others who are emerging from life-altering adversities. She guides them to evaluate the insights and wisdom that these times hold. She believes that our dark moments hold amazing gems, which we can use to elevate our lives. Susan is a cancer survivor, which seems to be a part of a lot of my guest stories lately. I swear I don't specifically seek out conversations with cancer warriors, but I understand why they would be the people who use their stories to then help others. Cancer, as you know, is a big and usually scary event. And even if we ourselves don't end up getting cancer, we're bound to be touched by it through others at some point in our lives. I mean, hell, I've lost three family members, a couple clients, and a few colleagues to it. I have several friends who are survivors. And now, because of this podcast, I have even more. Susan, like many of my guests who have overcome some big obstacles like cancer or other things, draws upon her personal journey as well as her professional training to help others. Susan's specialty is mindset and tools to help us rebuild our lives in alignment with our deepest desires. Susan is also the author of the upcoming book, Pulling the Gems from Adversity, which we'll talk about a little towards the end. And it's kind of a surprise ending too. Chatting with Susan left me feeling all warm and fuzzy, and I hope it does the same for you. And if you find value in this episode or others, please share them with your friends. I'm going to keep asking. Help us spread the love. Just go to your podcast platform, whatever it is on that little screen, find that little button. It's usually like a square with an arrow, might look a little bit different, whatever platform you use, might even say share. And then just follow the prompts. My favorite way is to cut and paste into an email, into a text, on my social media. However you want to share it, I don't care. I just want you to help me share it. So thank you, thank you, thank you in advance. Thanks a bunch. I love you and enjoy this episode. Yeah, we're just going to dive in. So I looked back and the last time you were on my podcast was uh, the episode that aired the end of July. Mm -hmm. It's called Light of Awareness. Oh, yeah. That's your specialty, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. Awareness. So what's been going on with life and business? Just fill us in. How has the last 10 months or so been for yes. you personally? Yeah, that is a great question. I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to this uh-huh. too, but whirlwind is the the word here. And it involved moving from where I, the region I live for over 30 years. Oh. Uh, I left New England, 
I'm living with my elderly father, my husband's here too, and my dog in Florida. We're building a house. It's almost ready. I've left my best friend. I love the house we left, but I knew that this was the place calling for us. We both mm-hmm. like just acted on it, found a place, even though we had to build it, it, everything just came together right away. That's how, you know, okay, I'm in the flow. I'm going to do this, yeah. but here's the flip side. You know, I'm now helping care for an elderly dad. I'm still coaching clients. I'm finishing this book. I've got more than I feel up to right then. And mm-hmm. I guess what I did, if, if I were a tube of toothpaste, I squeezed it all out until I got sick. Mm-hmm. And last month I spent on my back with high fevers, you know, the drill, everybody here in the last two years has heard how this feels and mm-hmm. it has different variations or whatever, but that was me. And I was flying high. I mean, I was doing everything thinking I am on fire right now. And then it was like the universe went, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> or and you're too much on fire and you need to like be kind of that, simmer down, right? Amber, <laughs> that down. Was, yes, that was the message. That was yeah. the message. And I didn't get that. And you know, people say life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like you just got the lightning bolt, right? Yeah. And there's this really, uh, I love this, I guess it's a meme, it's a cartoon. And it's this giant hand that's sweeping somebody off a cliff and it, and the hand says God on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this guy is flying off a cliff and there's a giant hand underneath him catching him that says also God. Mm, and like that, that one really struck me like yep ain't that the truth you know mm-hmm. it is just like it is happening for you you don't well I don't want to see you can't get the growth without it but it is like quantum speed growth when you can actually experience this particular adversity it doesn't mean you have to love it by the way you can right. have an opinion about it it does you can and whine I and did. complain okay yeah, good. I cried I said oh what's this going on what why me mm-hmm. and you know when you're sick these days with this um atmosphere we're in people are almost afraid of you like they're right. going to catch what you have and you feel like you're a plague victim whereas nobody wants to come near you <laughs> yeah. so it was very lonely i i really had time to think and and to invent things that weren't true all right so you know i must not have been meant to do my project i must not have been meant to enjoy my life right now i've just got to suffer here right mm-hmm. and it took me a while and I pulled, I don't know if you've heard of these funny little cards, angel cards, but they have little words on them. And I really like them. They really always give me some word to think about. It could be patience or abundance or um, a synthesis. You know, some are really great and some are like obedience. And you're like, oh, I hate that card. You know? <laughs> <I> <laughs> Responsibility. Like that that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I did that. And, you know, the word I got first was purpose. And the way I interpreted that was there is a purpose to this. It doesn't mean you love it right now. So I waited. I said, okay, if there's a purpose, I can't know it right now. Mm -hmm. I've got to be patient. I've got to have faith that there is a purpose. And I got to take good care of myself. I I just kept connecting. um, And I had nothing to do but lie there. I couldn't even read or watch TV. I was just flat out. 
So for how long? Um, a good week with fevers and yeah. and just blobby. Yeah. And then the next week, no fevers, but still exhausted. So um, <clears throat> yeah, that was my, I was running around like a whirling dervish, loving everything I was doing, but not giving to, I'm going to say my soul part, mm-hmm. the part of me that wanted to just go take a walk with the dog in the woods, go to the ocean um, really recalibrate my body in my mind and not just think I could just push through everything because so many great things are happening. Oh boy. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in that. And even yeah. when you know better, <laughs> even hello life coach, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh-huh. and even lying in bed as the life coach, I'm like, Oh, this is the trip, you know? And, and yet, yeah, I did put on my life coach hat especially when I got that word purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, this could just be the final chapter of the, of the book be as you're sending it to the publisher. Hey, one more thing, gang, <laughs> um, final adversity before I turn this thing in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was when things started getting better for me. Mm, and you was, started using your own methods that you help other yes, people with. Yes. I think before I was just like a wet rag where I wasn't getting any resources. Right. Mm-hmm. I was just like, just lie there, let it, let whatever's happening, let it marinate. <laughs> and, and then when I could uh, bring in some tools, I'll say mm-hmm. one of them was connecting with my higher self, or if you want to say your higher power, however you want to put that and risk affirming life is still within me. I am not like, you know, you feel like capital L loser when you're not doing what you think everybody's expecting you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's a common feeling. Uh, it is certainly the way I am where I'm letting people down, you know, I'm not, you know, there, I'm not doing my job. And you want to know how you can feel even worse. That's how. <laughs> you know? I keep playing those messages oh, over and you over. Oh, you are just yeah. taking the beat down even further, yeah. right? Like you're letting the, the sickness or the adversity take you down. And then on top of it, you're like, I'll just pile some more stuff on Yeah. There. And if you think you're that bad, let me tell you more about how bad you are. Right. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I want to go back just a minute and talk about um, how quote unquote bad maybe things were and how you thought about yourself just briefly for people that didn't listen to our last episode, kind of fill them in on the short version of how you got to where you are now helping other people in adversities. Will do. So we'll give them the Reader's Digest version. There you go. The Reader's Digest version. So yeah, got married, had a child, bought this old house, got cancer. Uh, My baby was 18 months old. It started with a little cancer in the left breast, went back for a checkup. They found bigger cancer in the right breast. And that led to a mastectomy, chemotherapy, radiation. And that was about a year's time by the time from left breast to right breast to finishing chemo and radiation. Mm -hmm. And I was on fire to get my life back. I was deemed cancer-free. I got clean reports. I'm like back into life. Yeah, I'm going to treat myself better. Um, my self-esteem was in the toilet before. Now I'm going to live, live, live. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was on fire. I started traveling and seeing family and friends. And, um, at one point I said, wow, I got, I'm, I'm happy, but my marriage is not so great. I would, I'd been living with a guy with, with depression. I was walking on eggshells. I didn't realize that I grew up 
and with a family of my mom had depression, never really put it together. You just, as a kid, you're thinking, oh, this is life. This is how it works. And so I approached my husband about three months into being out of this treatment, right? Mm -hmm. I had hardly any hair on my head. And I said, you know, we got to work on this marriage. And I should back up and say, you know, it really started when I went to kiss him on the couch. And he said, that's enough. And, um, and then I was like, whoa. And then I remembered a conversation we had during couples counseling for people, couples going through cancer. And during this, you know, I'm going through chemo and radiation at the same time. And during this session, he said, I don't care if I ever have sex again. And I couldn't process that. So I went, oh, let's put that on the shelf. I'm going through cancer right now. Yeah. And I'm going through cancer treatment right now. And I don't have the bandwidth for that. Mm-hmm. But hello, that's enough came about, oh gosh, from that conversation, maybe about five, six months later. Mm-hmm. And so the next night I approached him, I'm like, we got to work on our marriage. You know, we got to get back to a better place. And he nodded and said, I think I need to live alone. And that was the boom. That was the, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about that. That was the second boom. I fell apart, of course, and I was super mad. I'm like, that's not what I thought was going to happen here. And I I mean, think like you had a new light, a new lease on life. Oh, I had my new lease on life. And that it's almost like this illness I just described. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not done yet. Right. You got stuff. And man, that is the thing I want everyone to embrace is we're not ever really done with this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, especially having gone through uh, being on my back from chemo and everything else. um, I was tired of lying in bed. I love getting a good night's sleep, but then I want to get out there and be in my world, whether it's even in my own home. It's not like I have to be out glad handing everybody, but yeah, life has a way of saying, oh no, you got to listen to me. You are so busy that you are not listening to the big M E yeah. <laughs> not the little M E that lets us drive the brain around, right? It's the one in the heart, the heart brain and the heart, the heart message center. You know, I also went through pneumonia. I've gone through big things where it was like, I don't think I was listening. And it was almost like the angels or the universe were saying, hey, we had to get your attention somehow. You were not going to stop and listen mm-hmm. otherwise. All right. And you're thinking, well, can't we have a better system for that? I <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? don't like this. Ding I dong. Want to do I'm different. ringing your doorbell. Answer the door. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Oh, so how did you turn things around then? How did you work through that? Good question. And I wonder if I said this on the last one, part of it is allowing what is, that you can't fight what is. Mm -hmm. You, you, You can get curious about it. You can pour the love and kindness on yourself and be patient. Boy, did I have to be patient. And I really did, obviously, during the cancer times too. Mm hmm it demands a lot of being good with your own company in your own body. And some of that just comes from breathing, meditation, prayer. And one other thing I did for myself that I'd love to recommend to your listeners is there is a station you can get on Pandora, but I'm sure you can pull it in anywhere. If you use the words search under Reiki music, mm-hmm. It is the most etheric, beautiful music that is calming to your, I want to say your whole nervous system, to the energy body, so that I could get out of distress and into comfort. And I use that during um, 
chemotherapy treatment also. Mm. And it, and I was otherwise um, unable to sleep very well with chemo. I think a lot of cancer patients who've gone with chemo can remember, depending on the kind you've had, that you're exhausted, but the mind is just your body's wired in a different way with mm-hmm. these drugs going through your system. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. So for some reason, I could get into what I'll call like a theta brainwave state where I was just kind of drifting in and out very comfortable. Like I said, it was almost like etheric mm-hmm. where I could relax and be okay with what is. I didn't have anything to control. It was really enjoyable. So I just want to bring that up as a, as you found a something nice enjoyable tool. enjoyable during cancer treatment. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and this last thing with this um, mm. flu I had was just yeah. that idea that, all right, take care of yourself. Okay. It's not just about drinking water. Mm-hmm. And lying there, you know, checking your temperature and putting a cool compress on and maybe even crying because I yeah, did. I, <laughs> I felt yes. super sorry for myself. And those tears were cleansing too. We got to remember yeah. that. Mm-hmm. We got to remember it's okay to cry and to let it out, you know, and don't even say, okay, well, that's enough. It's been 10 minutes now. You should stop crying. Maybe not. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. You know, it's depending on what I'm working through. I mean, I've had stuff especially as we get deeper into our healing process, Mm. for instance, like I've been doing EMDR, I'm actually kind of tapering off of that. But when I was in the midst of getting it like weekly and stuff, I mean, there were times I would come home and just cry for the rest of the night and it was really healing. It was, you know, but we put so much judgment on our emotions all the time. That's right. And it's not okay to do that. (laughs) Right. And I think culturally, at least as women, we're at least allowed a good cry. Most of us, right. Right. Even if, even if we think we got to toughen up and be like the guys or whatever. And what are we doing for our boys that way? Right. And our sons. I think that is one of the things I remember this book years ago called Raising Cain. And it was just about these two separate rules for boys and girls. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, let everybody cry. Let everybody feel their feelings yeah. and, um, and have a good channel for that yeah. and not into anger and into all these other things that are considered acceptable yeah. for who this person is or isn't, right? Right. Because all emotions are acceptable. Yes. And none are bad or good or any of that. They're signs, right? Yeah. It's, they're signals. Yeah. What do we need? What is called for? So you found ways then to, to feel your feelings, yeah. work through your emotions, and then uh, you kind of help with your mindset. It sounds like, mm. I mean, I, I know this story because I was paying attention last time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so, you know, for people listening, if you want to know more, you know, more in depth, we talked more about that in the last uh, episode, you eventually then got to a place where you used your tools that you learned to help others. Yes. And it started really um, with helping other breast cancer survivors. Just Mm -hmm. um, my doctors uh, from the cancer treatment place, I offered up my name. And so I'd have other women going through cancer or coming out of cancer, consulting with me either about what I went through, um, even even, uh, medical choices I made. And it was the time to say, you know what? to these women, most of us live in breast cancer land, you know, most of us live and we got to remember that. 
Yeah. Um, and, and most of us can live with great joy after that. And that's a message for anybody coming out of adversity too, is yeah. this, most of us can choose and, and learn from what we went through. And so that was just kind of the natural me. I've always loved to help people. I've always been engaging with people. But I, in the meantime, had a, a real corporate cubicle job. And I love the people I work with, but I was not satisfied in this job. I was super bored. It felt awful to be away from my child all day. I mean, I was going 10 hours a day. So I really almost feel like I didn't get to raise him sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, not like I somebody. had that experience. Yes. Yeah, so you, so eventually got laid off and blessing and it was the blessing in disguise. And I said, well, I'm not going to do this job again. I'm going to find something like I was really getting into holistic health and taking good care of my body. And so I said, wow, I'm going to see if I can use what I know to promote holistic health and whether it be um, organic foods or certain practitioners to certain clinics, you know, there's got to be something out there. Well, up where I was in Rhode Island, I wasn't finding the, the fit or the instant job on what is that site? Anyway, you know what I mean? Like all those mm-hmm. job sites, I yes. just wasn't finding here's your position in holistic health or whatever, <laughs> in marketing and promotion. So um, I did some research, and I ended up contacting the American Holistic Health Association. And they said, gee, you know, we really don't have that kind of contact view. But uh, I mentioned I was a cancer survivor. And they said, but we do publish people's stories about, you know, their personal stories. And instead of writing about cancer and using, like, I used acupuncture and Reiki also, and I could talk about that in terms of holistic health, I also mentioned to them that I used emotional freedom technique, tapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, to overcome a, a sugar addiction to a binging that I'd done for 30 years. And they liked that. So I ended up writing an article for them. And they still, I mean, it's a super old article now, but they still publish it from time to time. And it's fun to see my you know, face from like, oh my gosh, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I look so young. Is that really happening? <laughs> um, but yes. So that was just like an intro to like, wow, I can write and I have a message. And then um, up popped an offer to become a life coach. And I, I went into that. I was scared to death. I took like some of my severance money and paid to be a, a, you know, certified as a coach. And it wasn't like I got all these clients right away and all my dreams came true. It's yeah, that, that really happens. <laughs> I was on the road to something I did want. Yes. Even though I still had to take a job of some kind to what I call the bridge job. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to bridge me. I've got to keep going. And the other thing I had to do was stop thinking of myself as the corporate cubicle worker who wants to be a coach one day, but think of myself as the coach now who is working this job and everything's coming together for me. I just have to keep taking the next step in the arena I truly care about. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be perfect. If we get hung up, you know, that now you got to do this. Now you're doing this. Oh, you know, I didn't speak too great in public or my website looks like junk. You know, Um, we just have to start with what we have and take the best of the training we have in our heart. And not all of it is out there. Right. We we talked about this earlier is Mm -hmm. you've got to be your own oracle. 
and mm. use what, you know, things that you learn in coaching are going to resonate with you. Like, that's my material. That's mine. That's mine. But you know what else is yours and mine is in here again. If we're doing something we love, then we are fully supported by, I'm going to just say the universe, but you can say guides, angels, ancestors. We've got a team with us mm-hmm. in some form. And it speaks through our heart. Fear speaks through our head. Self-criticism speaks through our head. You are never, if you know that still small voice, it's never going to be alarmist. It's never going to be angry. Even when it's giving you new ways of doing things where you're saying, you know, I think you should go left instead of right. And you keep going right. Why don't you try left this time? You know, but it's a very gentle, even voice. So if you're hearing the alarmist voice, take it in check and say, not you. I'm listening down in here again. Mm, you know, I'll get back to you nice. on that. You can even do that. Yeah. I'll get back to you on that. And you and I talked about this last time, I think, too. The idea of buckling up that voice in the backseat so that we can drive the vehicle that is us, right? Yeah. You're still going to hear that voice yelling at you from the backseat, but you've put yourself in the seat that says, I know I have to go left this time and not right. So you're going to have to trust me on this. And even if you don't, I'm taking the left and you'll, you know, the voice does quiet down when we get good results. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going this way. You're coming along. End of story. You must come along and it's <laughs> going to be okay. And that's why treating it as if it's a child. And we are talking about the ego in some way. Uh-huh. It's, it's a frightened, um, demanding child that thinks it's going to, something terrible is going to happen. I've got to keep myself safe. I can't be humiliated, right? I can't mm-hmm. fail. And that is the recipe for staying stuck for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about ways to get unstuck. Okay. And have a better <laughs> and have a better rest of your life. Um, so you, you have said that, that you're called the overcoming adversity coach. And I can see that from your story. I, I hear that. And now, like you said, you, you realized that your purpose is to help other people not sit behind a desk and just make money. No, <laughs> You got to help other you, your purpose in this world. And most of us in some way, shape or form is to help others, but you made it your career as well. So what are some of the top tools that you suggest? I know that you've mentioned some things that you mm, use. Yeah, so yeah. what do you suggest to others to su- sustain this peaceful, open-hearted mindset that, that you got to, and that we're yeah. talking about now? Some yes. Tools? Well, one of them, is the perspective we're going to take on this particular journey, right? Any adversity is a journey. It is a story. And every story has a hero. And we don't see ourselves as a hero very often. We see ourselves as the victim. And this poor victim is going through all kinds of hell. Yeah. But the hero has everything it needs, everything he or she needs to face what is given. You know that funny phrase, God only gives you what you what you can handle and yep. you sure must be <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> I heard that after my marriage was ending. My cousin wrote me that and said, oh, God must be so proud of you. He only gives you what you can handle. And I was like, oh, that's funny, kind of. I haven't heard that last part. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. All right. Man, so, I'm somebody's pride and joy. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, thanks a lot. Okay. Right. But yes, that right there is a switch, right? Mm-hmm. Victim versus hero. And Joseph Campbell, uh, love him, writes about 
taking the hero's journey and that it's a classic classic story of you want to say like the knight fighting the dragon or any of that but that what does that knight have he has armor he has a shield and that's the shield of truth that's the sword that cuts away what he no longer needs mm-hmm. right and then that that armor is the protection that is i am more than anything I'm facing. I'm more than that dragon. And we come up to that dragon and we find out it's a paper dragon. It's not real. It is just there. And that's where I go back to the idea of it's happening for us. We don't Mm -hmm. really know sometimes what's inside of us until we're tested. And don't we wish we could get the crib notes <laughs> on the right. hero's journey. Right. <laughs> and and just can we just skip that part and I'll just get the wisdom and the awareness and thank you so much. <laughs> right. Right. I like that idea for sure. Oh, I think man. we all do. Won't we? Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. do the quantum leap that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love so that idea. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's that. And then while we're not making it about something out there. Mm -hmm. The journey is within us. It's about calling upon these tools that you and I have. One of them is the breath, right? One of them is slowing down the thinking. Another is journaling, okay? Mm -hmm. And another, and not that when I was lying flat on my back, I could do this, but I'm going to share with your listeners, I just went to see a therapist. Nice. I needed to unpack all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, so, and yes, I, I did write it in a journal. I did pull that angel card that said there's purpose. You're going to get clear. And that was the second word, clarity. Ooh, clarity is coming. Nice. So, you know, this stuff, this is the magic of life. Mm-hmm. This is how life can be for all of us if we're not in our heads too much. That we take this journey, the hero's journey, the inner journey, that produces amazing outer results, which are higher awareness, and with the higher awareness, new opportunities. And with that higher awareness is, I have to stop, I had to learn to stop doing things. I had to cut away what was taking away my peace, Mm. my energy, and my health. So what were some examples that you had to cut? I was piling on too much on my plate. I have so many lovely opportunities. I considered it almost, you know, when you're at the buffet, remember like the all you can eat buffet and you put it all on your plate. That was, and then you really can't finish it. Yeah. And oh, I still have to walk the dog. I still have to help my elderly dad. I still Mm -hmm. have to help my husband. I've got to go get groceries and, um, oh yeah. And I've got my client calls and I'm, I love doing, you know, and I love podcasts. I think these are just having a really rich conversation Mm -hmm. with somebody else. This is fun. So yeah, it's not that I've got it all figured out, but I did pick my number one priority, my health. What and and I had to and again cutting away certain foods, certain drinks. Mm-hmm. I am all and adding in even more the, to fortify this body and get it fully back. I would say right now I'm all, I'm about eighty five ninety percent back to my good energy. Okay, yeah. How long yeah. have you been? Well, second week of January is when this whole thing started. Mm, so, so I would say wow. this. This week, I started a a different protocol. I don't want to share it because I don't want to give any medical advice or anything. (laughs) But um, it's really, I've already have just, I'm just seeing like I'm 
turning a corner. That old light at the end of the tunnel is happening for me energetically. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm not going to hold you. I'm not going to do anything to make you liable for anything or me, <laughs> but I will recommend though, if that's okay, I know that there's lots of ways to connect with you on social media and even through your website. So mm. I will invite people to maybe ask you one-on-one. Yeah, what yeah you, did. you may do that. You okay. may do that. It was surprised. Yeah. It'll be surprising, I think. Okay. But yes, that was, that's it. So everything else, if I don't get a, what is that? And hell yes in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a big fat, no, I can't do it. Even if I would love to, I've got to yeah. say, and it's not, I'm never going to do it. It's not now. All right. Mm -hmm. That, yeah, that's going to be down the pike for me and I can't wait, but I'm not going to, you know, jump ahead on what my body is saying, not now on, and that this is what I need. And I feel that I go and take naps still. I, and it's not a big one. And I play that Reiki music because then I'm in that zone again. I Mm -hmm. love that zone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. Nice. Okay. So you're getting rid of stuff that even though some of it was enjoyable, it wasn't serving you. And- Energetically, I just can handle it. And there was, um, yeah. I want to add something that my yeah. acupuncturist from years ago said when my energy was so low, she said, you are living on enthusiasm. Like it wasn't my body that was supporting this energetically. It was push to me. It, she was saying push energy. Mm-hmm. You are just that you know like the cheerleader for your life but the body's not matching it it's it's really saying i need a break yeah yeah well cuz even when things like you've said this several times when even when things that are good are happening we get so caught up that we forget to really take care of the right? foundation insides of ourselves that keep this that can keep, keep the machine going. going yeah keep the hero's <laughs> journey on a high level <laughs> yeah, exactly yes yeah. yeah okay well those are some awesome tips do you have any more on that if not I have another great question okay that's the biggest one but also focusing on the outcome and I'm sure I've said this in the last show but it is a big one mm-hmm. focusing on the desired outcome and not playing out the scenario to the wicked end, right? You're going to say not for me, it was not only am I going to be well again, I'm going to take it to the next level again, kind of like what I did with the cancer idea is that I have got to put myself first. Um, You know, I love to help people. I feel awful when I can't, you know, make everyone dinner and blah, 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 you know, (laughs) and still do all my stuff. So that would be the other thing is just the whole idea of desired outcome. Okay. Yeah, so what does that look like for you and me when we're mm-hmm. in an adversity? And it can look a million miles away while we're lying in bed. And, and I was like, my hands were shaking when I went to pick up glasses of water. I couldn't control any of my energy. It was just like, you are just a big mess right now. Mm-hmm. And so even at that moment, And again, I'm going to go back to crying and doing whatever you can do. You're going to feel disappointment and have an opinion. But as you get out there, what is your recovery looking like? What are you living for? Mm -hmm. Being with your family again, um, being in nature again. As with that kind of an illness, you feel kind of like you're shut in. Mm-hmm. And you're like the pariah for some people that are <laughs> afraid of catching it or whatever. Yeah. And so um, that would be it too. Desired outcome. Desired what would outcome. that look like? Make it detailed. Yeah. Nice. Well, and you mentioned, you mentioned a lot of uh, key things in that, in those last few statements where you, 
you, you know, you're saying you were a mess and you didn't feel, you didn't wanted to hide and, and you were going through initially something physical as this happens normally, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have the physical, you have the, the cancer, the major illness, but it really does affect your, your mental and emotional state. And so when we're going through those experiences, I've experienced this, I've listened to your story mm-hmm. and a lot of other people's experience. We do tell ourselves all kinds of things like something's wrong with me. I'm yes. so messed up. I'm <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I'm not good enough to heal all this is. I did something wrong and that's stuff. why I'm sick right. now. Right. right. And, yeah. you know, I can't overcome this. So something must be really wrong with me. And with that, those feelings, not only are they very disempowering and totally mm-hmm. against what you've been talking about brings on a lot of shame. Yes. On top of it, which is like, yes, a, a, I'm not emotion. enough. Yeah, yeah. There's something. Yeah. Everybody else really is heavy great emotion. at this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's not going to foster any kind of healing. Right. So, uh, yeah. We did what? cover that, didn't we? Because we beat ourselves down. Yeah. We're already down on the ground and we're kicking ourselves while we're down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so and- how, yeah, give me some, give me some better ideas. Sorry to interrupt, but what are some different things you can say, or, I mean, we've talked about what you can do, but maybe there's more on yeah. like, how to reframe. Reframe to is reframe the thing. Reframe that process. So that process. if you saw your child or your loved one, a best friend, anybody else doing that to themselves, mm-hmm. right? You would just stop them immediately and say, whoa, whoa, this is your time. You've given so much. You've given too much. And that old phrase comes back about you can't pour from an empty cup. This is your time mm-hmm. to fill your cup again. And it, this is what it looks like. It's not pretty. It's not pretty, but you deserve the care, the love, the kindness that you give everybody else in your life, to your family, to your friends, to your pets. What about you? Mm -hmm. And this is the time. This is the moment. And that's where we think, okay, again, life, this isn't happening to me. It's happening for me. This looks ugly and gross, but it is happening for me. And if I were this best friend, this child, what would I do for this child? And I'll give you an example. For me, I mean, okay, I'm with two guys. One's 87, my dad, Mm -hmm. and my husband. They're guys, and they do the best they can. How are you feeling? You feeling better? Okay, but I'm the one who's got the washcloth next to me in bed who keeps flipping it on my forehead to cool it off. I've got a fever. I'm taking my temperature. I'm making myself get up and shaky hand, drink water. And it, you know, this, this is what I would do for any of my children, any good friend that was sick, an elderly Mm -hmm. person that was sick. And we've got to give that. So even if it's, even if you're not going through an illness, if it's some kind of existential crisis or Mm -hmm. anything that, you know, you would give a friend go to for a friend. That's what you need. That's what you deserve. And I want to bring up something else that came up this, Amber, is 
I've experienced, I said this early in our conversation, I experienced a lot of loss. And part of it was the death of my mother Mm -hmm. in August before I moved down here with my husband. And I came down a little earlier and we went to her service. I was losing. You lost your mom recently? Yeah, last August. So right after your podcast came out. Okay. That's it. And she was dying very slowly of Alzheimer's. We went through nine years of just watching this poor woman go to the last bit of suffering. The last bit of Alzheimer's is you can't chew anymore. You forget how to eat. And that's your, that's That's your end, you know? And and so we just kept praying for her to be released. But at the same time, we missed her all these years and we loved the, the old cute person we still had, you know, it was beautiful. Yeah to be with her still but then this is the final part it's gone and we're remembering her at her funeral and i'm giving the eulogy i wrote a poem you know i am getting it out Mm -hmm. but when i was lying in that bed and putting that cool cloth on my head i was thinking about my mother and how she used to take care of me and i'm going to cry if i talk too much about this but (laughs) it was like i was yours are okay susan (laughs) yeah Yes. Remember, I just want to make sure your listeners can still hear me while I blubber. <laughs> right. So, but I missed my mom so much when I was yeah. sick. Cause I remembered that cool, long fingered hand on my head, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, she'd come in and check and rub your back, more of my back and say little things. How are you doing? And make sure bringing a tray full of toast and juice or whatever. Yeah. And I, I thought, wow, I don't, have that really I have a lot Mm -hmm. and I have sisters I have people best friends all of that but that's very special isn't it because that's Mm -hmm. the child part of us too that was so cared luckily blessed to be cared for that way right and And so that's how you remembered treat yourself better I did. I thought right. about my mother and what she would do for me. I do that and, too with my mom. Oh, so and it's sweet. Been, I mean, she's been gone for, I don't know, almost 10 years or something. Wow. And it's And I still, if I'm not if I'm going through something, I can go back and remember those comforting things from my childhood. And they, beautiful. And they remind me to do that for myself. That's it. That's right? it. We've so, got to be that person for ourselves. Yeah. And the thing is, life, we want this goodness from life, right? But if we're not giving ourselves that goodness, we mm-hmm. can't find it out there. It's not real. You might meet a narcissist where it looks like it's real. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you know, you can have facades of kindness and so forth. But I'm saying the more that we implant this in ourselves of the care, the love, the kindness, the giving to ourselves of the time, mm-hmm. meeting our needs, it, life out there gets more and more real for us and reflected out there as we're giving these things to ourselves And guess what? It's not always easy because we have patterns. We have Mm -hmm. paradigms that say, no, you're not supposed to, you're selfish. You're giving way too much to yourself. What about your, I'm going to say your poor children or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? We're not going to be the person we came here to be without giving to ourselves first and listening. And then it's reflected outside of ourselves. Life is an outer reflection of our inner world. Yeah, definitely. What if someone wasn't, didn't have, like you and I were discussing how we had those good memories of how our moms treated us when we were sick or how we've been blessed to have really good friends or sisters or brothers or a lot of people that help remind us how we would like to treat other people. What if somebody listening, unfortunately, 
doesn't feel that they've really ever experienced that. And I bet there's plenty of people that feel that way. I mean, really, um, there's a lot of brokenness in the world. Mm -hmm. And and we pass that brokenness on to the lineage Mm -hmm. of our families. So I want to say for there are mentors. When you see those, I'm going to say rags to riches from brokenness to wholeness, everybody had a mentor. Everybody got the help they needed. And so you don't have to go this road alone and you don't have to lift yourself up by your own bootstraps. You do need to be given the tools that maybe we got through a family member and you didn't have the benefit of that. They are, they're just people out there in the, I'm going to say millions, Mm -hmm. all right, that are doing this kind of work, whether it's therapist, trauma uh, therapy, there's so many ways that we can heal ourselves and it is worth it. If we, even if it requires an investment, that is going to be, look how people spend hundreds of thousands of dollars in in the higher education. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But why does it, why is it all of a sudden they stop it and investing in themselves and their wellness, in their um, becomingness, right? Mm -hmm. And in meeting their needs and healing. If I I mean, looking back, I'm I'm grateful for my studies. Okay. But I would not I would just say, okay, let's just bring it all over here. That's how I would love to uh, do the um, the uh, raising of children in the education system is giving them resilience lessons, Mm -hmm. self love, a kindness and you know what lights me up go do it i know there are some schools that do that but yeah let's let's get mentors let's get therapists let's take care of what's broken because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to stay broken and there really is i'm sorry that is a real story but it's not an excuse yeah i agree with that because i do believe most people can overcome any adversity in their life and to live whole lives, no matter what has happened to them or for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so I agree with that. We're running out of time. So I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your book, because you did mention that you're, it's not published yet. No. And can I tell you, I'm just going to yes. interrupt you on that one. Yeah. That was part of the most devastating part of this illness is mm. I went and I have a fabulous friend who's also helping me edit. And you know, I sent the book out to my readers. I got some great feedback. I thought, great, I just have to do this, this, and this. And I told the publisher, I'll have it in January 31st. Mm-hmm. Well, two things happened. One is we tore apart my book and it. I loved everything she said, but I was like, oh my God, that's like four more weeks. Well, okay, well, I'll get at it. I'll get at it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to the library. I'm making all these great changes and I'm psych, psych, but I'm also under pressure. Mm-hmm. And then I got sick and I was like, what that's what I mean about thinking I was riding high and I really got thrown off the horse and I thought okay God do you not want me to write this book how many years have I been working on this book and I really had a big pity party and I just want to quit I'm not going to write this doggone book I'll just have a big publishing contract with no book in it you know I was really (laughs) I hit so low all those messages you were telling yeah I want your listeners to know this you know just because I'm a life coach doesn't mean that the brain thing doesn't keep happening right Mm -hmm. especially the pity party okay we're all going to go there. I had an opinion about this and I was going to play the whole opinion out, but then I got counseling, right? Because I did want to get better. I knew I had to get my head back in the game and that I know this book, 
pulling the gems from adversity. That's the name it is right now mm-hmm. about how you get through an adversity. I know what I know and I want to share it. And um, so I had to get myself okay with, okay, there's different timing to this now. Mm-hmm. And now the image of this book in my mind's eye is more complete. Before I had the cover of the book, I had the outline of the book. Now I can see the pages. I can see the, the spread. I can see the layout. It's more real for me now. Did I love how this came about? Not at all. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the long answer to, I'm not quite sure <laughs> when I say this, but I see myself having I have the plan, uh-huh. I have the assignment, and now I've got to go at it, but I'm not going to do it at the expense of my health. And so okay. it is just going to be this progress. It's progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. And I'll decide how much time each day I'm going to put into it. And I'm going to cheer myself on. I want everybody to hear this. Don't discredit whatever you're doing to move toward your dream or your goal. You're doing small, even if it's five minutes, yeah. a minute of a dashing off an email or making a phone call or looking up the resource, say, yay me, yay me. I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. And that is part of the hero's journey. Also is to celebrate every little thing we do. Do not denigrate anything you do, or if you miss a day or whatever, because what we were saying in the beginning What happens when we beat ourselves down? We're so much lower than where we just left off. We just slipped off the horse and now we beat ourselves into the ground. What if we had just slipped off the horse and got back up on it, right? Yeah. And that's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. And and I love, thank you for sharing that because so many people are, uh, fear holds us back from, from jumping back on the horse. And instead it's easier to just push yourself deeper, deeper, deeper. Who did I think I was, right? <laughs> yeah. Who did I think I was to think I could do this? What a dope, you know, you can just be, mm-hmm. I mean, don't think that those little lines didn't go through my head also, but I won't allow them. And that's where, you know, Hey, I checked in with the therapist. I got my bet. I said, Hey, I know what I need. And I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to find somebody. And thank God I was led to a great person that it just took an hour in a seat with somebody who got me back into clarity and Mm self-love. Yeah. Yeah. Self-celebration. Yeah. Well, because we do need others. I have a, there's a great quote from one of my friends, um, Jacqueline, she's been a podcast guest several times. And she says, we are not meant to be independent. We are meant to be interdependent. Oh yeah. And that nowhere else in our lives does that show up more as just very clear when we're struggling and we need to turn to someone else to, yes. to help us. I mean, yes, the powers and the tools and are in us, but often we need somebody else to, especially when we're deep in it, when we're in yeah. that mud, you need someone else to help pull you out. Oh, you, you do pull yourself out. You don't have to stay there, right? <laughs> no. That's some big message too. You yeah. don't have to stay there. Even in the aftermath of the adversity where you're like this, ha- this, what have I called it before the, this happened to me story, right? Mm-hmm. This is why I'm like this story. Yeah. And there are real things that have happened, but yes, when we reach for the help, when we, even if it's an investment, like I said, mm-hmm. you'll never regret it. Now, sometimes you have to find the right person. I hit it lucky with the therapist I found, right? Sometimes you don't. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, this guy's not getting me. It's not good. Um, I'm going to have to keep looking or there's something else I need. So yeah. just keep checking in and don't give up on yourself. 
It's worth it. You came here to live life abundantly, not to suffer. Yes, do we suffer sometimes? But don't let it be for nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Oh, thank you so much. You're always so inspirational. Do you have anything else that you want to share before we stop recording? I just want to thank you and and what you do, because you always have great messages, great messengers. And I just say, yes, the final thing is listen and give yourself what you need. Even if you need somebody else to to be your sounding wall Mm -hmm. or a journal, but you deserve to be cared for and give yourself the best. You're going to be even better in the world and you're going to give what you came here to give. Beautiful. And we're not putting any pressure on you to get that book out. I have a feeling, a very <laughs> you know, they feeling. say do things in silence, right? And then just all of a sudden, oh, look, I have a book. Well, it was too late for me to learn that because I started talking about this book like three or four years ago, even longer for some of them. I had another iteration of a book uh-huh. that this has kind of worked into. And they yeah, said, you know, good. don't tell people, do things in secret and then just ta-da. And I'm like, man, I wish I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Always learning though. I mean, yes, I don't know how indeed. many times I have to learn that lesson before. I don't know if it'll ever stick. <laughs> we have to laugh too. We have okay. to laugh at ourselves and not take it too seriously when it's mm-hmm. stuff like what we're just talking about. It's like, okay, Sue, big deal. Just go and do it and enjoy yeah. it. Play. That's okay. Last word in there play as much as you can in your life and don't take it too seriously. I need my husband to listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I I believe the book's coming out when it's ready. And And I will let you know. I'll I'll keep you posted even when I'm like, I have sent it to the publisher. It may come back to me with 40 other things, but man, that is going to be like fireworks coming out of my website, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe it'll, it'll come out and you're, what you're modeling now is it's real. It's so real. <laughs> and the, I would say, you know, in, somewhere in the book in the intro or whatever, you're going to have to put this story of how it actually, how you finally got it published. Yes. What, what you went through how you work through, you're going to have to put this in that intro of the book. Maybe we'll put the teardrops embedded in the page. (laughs) Tears of joy in the page. Circle. (laughs) And relief. (laughs) Circle the little marks in there. Yes. My Uh. tears. (laughs) Oh, you're going to get, you're going to publish it and get it. Thank you, sweetie. I really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure. Yes, it has been for me as well. Thank you, Susan. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet, and none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection, and follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.